0: Welcome to my podcast, the Hacking Autism podcast. This show is all about making autism your unfair advantage. I'm your host, Kelsey Terry, and I've got autism myself. It has been the secret sauce of my professional success, which is what I've been sharing with people recently. And I have conversations with people from all over the world that are somehow connected to autism and it potentially being the secret sauce of someone they know or their very own lives. So without further ado, let's listen in. Maisie, welcome to the show. Would you please introduce yourself and tell us what do you do for a living and why do you care about autism? Well, my name is Maisie Sotantio.
1: I in, in, um, was born and raised in Indonesia, Maisie Sutantio but uh, nobody knows how to say my last name. <laughs> So you can skip my last name. Just call me Maisie, like the store. About autism. I started when I was an undergraduate at UCLA. I wanted to work with special needs kids. And somehow while I was going to school at UCLA, I came across a classroom for little kids with autism. And I just fell in love with, with this population. And I started working with kids with autism as a behavioral specialist. Okay. As a BDA therapist and work myself up through just being a therapist, uh, senior therapist, supervising therapist, and eventually, uh, I moved to the Bay Area here to run um, a clinic, an ABA clinic for card. And then I did that for about twelve or so years, and then, um, and then I found um, this program called Relationship Development Intervention. Mm-hmm. And it's completely different because I work with parents and only work with parents so I became a parent coach and at about the same time I became a mom myself so that kind of fits perfectly um, and then I've, I've been doing that I've never looked back left ABA just became fully immersed working with families at home Um and I, I, I've been doing, I've been a parent coach for about 17 last years. Wow. 21. I love it. I love it. Um, I don't like the driving part, but sure. I love working with families
0: at home. And so do you drive to most of your clients or do they come to you?
1: No, we used to have a clinic in Sunnyvale, but I was never there because I was always working at home sure. with parents and, or traveling. Okay. Doing lots of presentations. And as of 2014, I started running the RDI certification uh, training Mm -hmm. for professionals for Asia. So I have trainees now who want to do what I do as a parent coach uh, for RDI program. And uh, they're from all over Asia. Well, I do have one training in Russia and New Zealand. So it's it's kind of like just sort of that region. I guess Asia is a big place. But I love it. We do online classes and we come together um, once a year to actually practice working with kids and their parents. So uh, I get to travel to Bali and Taiwan. I think this year I'm going to Kuala Lumpur to to run the, you know. Well, you have to work hard but play harder. Sure. <laughs> try to balance I don't it all. We do students homework. Sure. <laughs> we just you finish what we have to do and then we go out in the evenings. It's,
0: I try to make it fun. So before you had your son and before he was yeah. diagnosed, you were already in that space. Why out of all the people in the world to help, um was that something that was at the front of your mind?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Why I love everything about autism. I think, um, I love how every individual diagnosed with autism is very different. And, uh, you know, I I think uh, there's some similarities but they're all very, very different and working with each family I think it's very much like a give and take and learning process for me. So it's important for me as far as my personal growth professionally, Mm -hmm. as well as, as a parent myself. Um, So, you know, now I do a lot of presentations for parents of very young children, just talking about relationship and the science behind it. And I love it. Uh, But uh, I think, Autism, you know, well, my son, I never, we never really diagnose him. Like every sure. year I, we meet with his teacher and we always, me and my husband, we always look at each other, is this the year that we <laughs> might need to get a diagnosis? And, you know, every year we keep an eye on him because he's spectrumy and he's got sensory processing disorders. True. Sure. Um, but, uh, I were very blessed because we are, my husband and I are both certified in RDI. Mm-hmm. So we feel like we have more parenting tools. Uh, so we're not afraid and we just take it, you know, the challenges as as they come and um, yeah, we just, that's, that's what we do. But I think autism is, um a very unique diagnosis and and we have a lot of people diagnosed
0: with Sure. Yeah. When so in light of your son not officially being diagnosed and that's totally mm-hmm. fine. Um I'm yeah. curious is the trigger for doing that in your mind to receive specific mm-hmm. services or what would yeah. the benefit or why hold out or um just because you're so in tune with that what is the benefit of uh adding that label to your son versus like he's spectrumy he, like yeah just thoughts on that to
1: us i think as his parents to us his diagnosis his diagnosis will not change the way we we view him sure. as a unique- person mm-hmm. um he is a person yeah. that's always number one you know yes he has challenges uh but he's a good apprentice and he trusts us mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is the one thing that I just I'm super grateful that we know how to we to build that trust from mm-hmm. day one and I also know through my work in ABA You know, I started in the 80s and now 2019. There is a standard set of early intervention that's given when young children receive the diagnosis of autism, and that's typically ABA, you know, speech therapy, occupational therapy, sensory integration, you know, uh, amongst a few other things. That's usually a standardized package recommended. Sure. Uh, but I also know that those recommended treatments, they are small pieces. Mm-hmm.
0: So the bigger picture and, of him as a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And
1: when I think autism is just a label, but that person is still unique mm-hmm. and requires so many other bigger pieces. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think for me as his parent, I know at the end of the day, I have to take what professionals I hire to help me. But our family is the main supporting cast to help him move forward. Sure. And, and that's now we're talking about the family dynamics, mm-hmm. and including my 14 year old neurotypical daughter, because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if she feels jealous that that's, that could create, you know, mm-hmm. tension in the family is not about my son. It's not about whether he has this label or not. Mm-hmm. It's always about the family first. The family should come first. Sure. And then everything else will, the pieces will work together, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, and I also know that what we can get by putting a label the free intervention is not necessary. There is such a thing as too much intervention.
0: I would agree and, personally. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
1: And I don't want my kid to not be with us, but this, well, I don't want to be the driver to all these places. Sure. You know, I, I can't bear, I mean, I, with my jet lag, and I can't even manage, you know, when we only have two kids, but, it, you know, usually for most of my clients, uh I think your role as parents are not as your child's guide anymore. Your role is primarily the schedule manager and also the driver. The you know um you have to make a lot of money to it's it's just not you're not the primary
0: um you're not in the driver's seat so I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Sure. Oh so and yeah. Uh based off what you're saying, I mean like, you've already gone down the ABA role road professionally yourself. Yeah. And so you have pivoted, you know, from ABA to, is it RDI? Yeah. And so you don't want to give that package to your son because you've already seen where that road leads, mm-hmm. and that's not something you're aligned with. Is that, like, a fair summary?
1: That's a fair summary because, sure. uh, I mean, I also know that just through... What I've learned through ABA, which is an important piece to many, many Mm -hmm. people. I don't want to discredit that intervention or that method. Uh, But I think being able to parent a child who is a little bit different, that's a whole different art. I think I call it an art because... Mm -hmm. It's ongoing, it's fluid, it's 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 colorful and it's all of that, right? And I think um that journey is important. And I know that uh it's easy to just decide say, okay, my child has autism, that means I have this checklist that I have to check sure. off. Otherwise I'm not a good parent. But then you you forget mm-hmm. that uh, you know, he's just a person and he goes through changes and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good. And what we need to develop uh, as that child's parents is just the competence to do mm-hmm. different things, right? So uh, I can talk a lot about ABA because, you know, that's how I started. Yeah, ABA is really good to develop skills. Mm-hmm. You know, things we could see with our eyes, right? Being able to sit down and being able to answer questions, being able to learn how to read, like all these skills, things we can see with our eyes. But uh, the mind, to develop someone's mind, you have to grow that. You have to expose Mm -hmm. that child to real-world experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, how to make decisions how to recognize that I need to slow slow down and think about this. You can't teach that behind closed doors and sitting table chair. So that's why Mm -hmm. I don't want those package. Sure.
0: No, that makes perfect sense to me. And I remember when we were in San Francisco for, I think it was dim sum (laughs) Yes, with your son and there was a, a new um uh, it wasn't it's not Jalsa, but um it was like a, a new thing for him that he had not yet tried. Right. And right. and so it was great to watch that firsthand, that dialogue between an aware parent that says, Okay, well you've not tried this before, but like would we be open to, you know, a couple bites of X. And and then getting to watch that firsthand was really, really fun to see. Um I also really enjoy your son. He's quite the character, and um, he's a good kid. He's yeah. he's he's got a really good heart. Mm-hmm.
1: He, you know, he's ten now. He still has the sensory challenge. It was just food usually. There sure. are times that he we go at the restaurant. There's mm-hmm. nothing in front of him, mm-hmm. that eat. and um, I think if I didn't know about RDI. I think if I only knew about ABA and mm-hmm. not the parenting, mindful parenting stuff, mm-hmm. I think I would bribe him. I would tell him, "Oh well, sure." You know, I would mm-hmm. just do the consequence or do I don't know, maybe trying to feed him. I still see parents in Asia feeding their kids at the age of ten. <laughs> you know, I, have I would also probably China. do mm-hmm. this, all these crazy things. Um, uh, but you know, I don't do that because I, I believe that someday he's going to get there. He's going to have his own, find his way to get there. Oh, definitely. To right. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to do that. So I learned to let go. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the reason why, I mean, the diagnosis is not important. And then when parents come to me, they say, Oh, my child is like high functioning or my child has PDD and my child has Asperger's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I meet the family and I meet the child, the person, and it does, the core deficits are the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the challenges are the same, you know? So uh, to me, that label is not um, that important. You know, we work what, with what we have mm-hmm. and they can all overcome, you know, in their own ways. So.
0: So that brings me to my next topic, working with mm-hmm. a wide variety of parents throughout the Bay Area yeah. where you're located. What are three common themes that come up again and again when they turn to you, a professional, to say, I don't know how to deal with X, Y, or Z? One, what are those things? And then two, what are common Tips or suggestions that the listeners of this podcast can consider. I know we have a number of parents that also listen in to this conversation or are listening in. So, what would you say to them about the three common things and then three common ways to counter those challenges?
1: When people come to me, the one situation is the number one common. Um, you know, the common thing is crisis that a parents. Uh, are most of the time in crisis. They feel like they don't know what to do. They want to fix this condition, autism, Um, but there's really no quick fix, right? So I think what we do with that number one, I guess, issue is to help parents overcome crisis the way we do that is to educate parents about how you we think about autism you know autism has uh its strengths um so to just parents realize that there are a lot you can work with and you know if you build that trust with your child with your family member then you can really help that person grow but the process begins with the parents first. So that's number one, mm-hmm. overcome, overcome crisis. So I think secondly, um, I tell all my clients that don't let autism, or it could be other diagnoses as well, don't let that diagnosis or that label define your child and define your family. Mm-hmm. So that's really important, and I tell parents, let's go back and see if we can find you as a person first. So a lot of times, I would say, almost ten out of ten, parents come to me, and they, they their lives have been consumed by autism. They sure. lose touch, mm-hmm. like they lose their own sense of self, which is really really important because. Um, hopefully you can pass on the good part about yourself Mm -hmm. as as an adult and as a mom or as a dad to your child. Um, But you're not able to do that because you're just stuck in this crisis. So I would say that's number two is that we really help parents to take a step back and really go back to their roots of who they are as a person first because then you can figure out, okay, as a parent, these mm-hmm. are important qualities that's important to me as a mom that I want to practice
0: and pass on to my kid so and so, so when you say you go back to them, um are you referring to the adults or the child in that situation? The adults, okay, so like what yeah. truly matters to you, Sally? who are you independent yeah. of this diagnosis? Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: And typically, they just, they don't know how to become, how to parent this child who's different, sure. right? But if you don't know what's important to you, if you don't know, you know, um, uh, what's, what's the best part of you that you want to pass on mm-hmm. to your kids, then it's just like everything is a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mostly it's just going through the day, just managing this every day is the same, but there's really no personal growth. If there's no personal growth, I think it's very hard to have, you know, Mm -hmm. to help your other family members to grow. You're supposed to grow together as a family.
0: Agreed. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really important. And then lastly is uh, just uh, self-care self care that uh once you let something consume you something you know like autism it could be other things but you just kind of let yourself go and it's really hard to pour when your cup is empty um so i, I think that's for all of us
0: sure and so when it comes to self care of a parent mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. someone on the spectrum in their life um do you think that self care looks differently because finding a babysitter is more complex? Yeah, it's to to escape to Napa for the weekend um, looks very differently. I mean, and yeah. maybe a PCA comes into the situation. I am not sure, but I'd be curious mm-hmm. to see what guidance you would give differently. What self care looks like in the context of a spectrum mm-hmm. situation? Yeah,
1: that's a really good question. I think when we work with families, it's very important for us that both parents jump in. Sure. Do the parent training from the beginning, even though typically there's one parent who has more time to practice. Uh, But to be able to support each other in terms Mm -hmm. of creating 10 minutes, 15 minutes for each other where it's all about you, your me time, doing something that sparks your joy. Sure. And it doesn't have to be fancy, I think. Like 15 minutes of just taking a cat nap. Mm-hmm. And my husband would lock, lock me in our bedroom and lock the door <laughs> behind him to so that the kids cannot go in the room. Sure. You know, and uh, and over the years, my kids now, if my son asks where's mom she's resting and then he's he walks the other way sure. you know so creating healthier habits together and that includes setting the boundaries also mm-hmm. um for your kids and that's important for them uh, to learn very early on because they have to do that with friends they have to do that as adults um, so I, I think you can. I, one of the parent homework that we do very early on um, is to map out everybody's schedule. So this is maybe a good tip for everyone. You sure. look at, let's say you're a family of four and you look at dad's schedule, mom's schedule, you know, big sister schedule, and then the the child with AST schedule. Probably the busiest one is the the young one with AST cause he's got a gazillion of therapy. He's got, he's, I mean, once you put that all on paper, so when we do it half hour increments, mm-hmm. you will see this child is not a child anymore. He does not have time to play. He does not have time to relax. And parents are always like when we put it on paper, and put it on the clipboard, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, like, I don't have any time, I need time just to decompress and my child is always on the go, you know, and then we can put it into perspective. That's why this kid is, you know, has become resistant because he's over for example. Mm-hmm. But that issue is usually uh, with everyone in the family, you know, so it's, it's hard to practice mindfulness where this child needs his, his or her parent to partner up and practice uh, when the parents are just, they don't have time to practice. So it's both ways. It takes two to to tango, but going back to making sure that it's self-care it's number one. So if we do, we do one, two, three, the first one is finding time to, 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 to self care, you know, take care of yourself. And folding laundry while watching TV does not count. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> you know, that doesn't count. And and believe me, parents, mom will say, "But I like doing that." No, 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 that doesn't count. You're still doing something. Sure. for, oh. you know, uh, it's self care means where it's all about you and you do you. And it, I don't
0: care if it's 15 minutes twice a day, but it's really important sure Um, yeah okay and so we met in palo alto while i was traveling to california Yeah, and you shared with me i mean one about your career and what your day job looks like but we also discussed a shared interest of ours where yeah there's this belief that we as a country in the united states and i mean also just The Western world. Uh, We pour a lot of resources into kids while they're, you know, K through 12 um, in the United Mm -hmm. States when it comes to resources and IEPs, but there's very little to catch kids or young adults when they graduate high school. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. always make sense to go off to Stanford or go to a tech college. Mm -hmm. And so we were dialoguing about what does autism in the workplace look like? And so I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear what is this project that you're working on and how can the listeners potentially get involved?
1: Well, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, I started this project called Autism Career Pathways, Autism Career Pathways, ACP. Okay. Um, it's basically a huge project and it's about, uh, educating the community. So specifically, I want to educate small businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all know that in the Silicon Valley, there are big companies, Microsoft, SAP, and, uh, Google, they're, uh, they're the pioneers in trying to figure out how they can hire, people with autism? I'm trying to educate small businesses. I think it would be great if every small business would even meet a differently abled person Mm -hmm. and explore the idea of maybe I can hire this person or give an internship to this person. So this person can grow, can leave the house and can interact with others and learn in the real world uh so that's what the project is all about the first part of uh acp is for it's to do uh i'm I'm designing an activity based Mm -hmm. uh, autism career assessment tool and i've done the pilot trials with seven young adults who all did really well it's all activity based so in a nutshell uh The assessment tool provides an opportunity for each candidate to come into the interview prepared so each one of them can practice doing certain things that they feel that they're really, really good at. So one young man brought in his guitar and showcased with a song that he wrote and another one brought in a set of he has beautiful penmanship, so he sells um, greeting cards, handmade greeting cards. So he brought a set of those, and he he did all this. And we videotaped uh, the, the assessment. Um, and in my mind, my goal is to be able to have, like, a 10-minute highlights of each candidate and what this person um, – can do really well and um to support that i'm working on um a color coded base um summary that um, perfect when yeah. i talk about that mm-hmm. which i thought was brilliant so i've got a, a young man in uh, maryland who's really good at coding <laughs> and he's developed helping me develop this color coding system perfect so and I want it to be meaningful for the differently able person to be able to look at oh these are my these are green means I'm really good at these, uh, and these are yellow I need to work on this or get better at these in, in for these areas and so on. So, so that's that's what I'm working on. I'm I'm editing the videos, working on the app with uh, my intern Marilyn and.
0: And so it goes, (laughs) a little
1: bit at a time.
0: I just have one question for you. When do you sleep? Oh.
1: Not much? Yeah, not very well. (laughs) Not very well. I I don't, I just have lots of ideas rolling around in my head and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But I just do my best and I just do it a little bit at a time and trying to balance everything.
0: Well, and I've been working with a nonprofit in Minneapolis called MindShift and Uh they have created an assessment and that's something that like they're very, very good at. And what they do is it's also activity based, Uh um, but they'll also put the incorrect instructions. They'll basically have someone construct Uh something with Legos Uh and see one, if they notice it to, you know, how do they ask for help? Do they call that out? Um, and so they've got a couple of really, really interesting ways of gauging someone's capacity to work. You sabotage it. It, I mean, it's gentle sabotage. It's with Lego, yes. so it's. I mean, no lives are at stake. But That's I thought what? that was so fascinating because it's a great way to see: do you just, you know, do you ignore it, or do you say, "Hey, this isn't clear," or this seems wrong. I can't put these pieces in this way. Um, And so I've been partnering with them looking to hire people on the spectrum for my testing company. And it's been a really powerful story to partner with this nonprofit
1: Mm -hmm. in
0: connecting with people that have different skill sets because I think we just need more groups like what you're doing and what Mindshift is doing where these assessments are in place so that employers mm-hmm. like myself are empowered to make those right decisions if if their heart is to help people on the spectrum knowing mm-hmm. okay could you be a barista could you help me cut flowers in my boutique etc so Yeah. Yeah. How can people find out about the uh the career testing? Program the autism pathways.
1: Career. Um, there they can always email me. My email is you know, macy at catchclinic.com. Um, they can, um, our Instagram account at ASD Career Pathways, there's a link with a digital flyer. To the landing page. So, uh, I actually love to travel and I will go if there is a coll- a group of people, I'll go visit sure. you if you have like, say, oh, I don't know, like hmm, six to eight maybe <laughs> people who would be willing to go through uh, the assessment pilot trials sure. with me and then I'll, I'll fly and do it. So I'm trying to do it in stages. I'm trying to do it group by group learning um from the process in between and hopefully uh i can have a good assessment tool and i need to to, i i want to eventually write a handbook um employer handbook um that can share the information the best of both both worlds um i know there's always already books like that uh Mm -hmm. so um yeah Um, lots of work to be done just to, to work on the pieces the right way.
0: Well, as someone that's on the spectrum, I just appreciate your willingness to work so diligently on such a process because I think we need this scattered throughout the country,
1: not just yeah. in
0: Minneapolis, not just in California, but mm-hmm. um, I think we're all stronger together. And so if you're yeah, interested absolutely. in this, please uh, click on the link in the show notes um, where you are finding mm-hmm. this episode and I'll get all the relevant details to connect with Maisie there. With that, anything else you would like to say to our listeners or, I don't know, any advice or guidance for those of us that are on the spectrum and trying to figure out what is our gifting or how can we be more mindful from a professional like yourself, any tips or tricks you might have?
1: If you're an adult uh, with autism or you have other conditions... Mm -hmm. I think you have to just do do what you like, explore, um, find your passion, grow from it and do it really well because that's going to be your thing, your unique thing to do and share it with the world. Find a way to share it with the world. Uh, Talk about it, write about it, find other people who share that because together we're stronger and never let people say that you you can't do it. I mean, I mean, never let anyone tell you that you shouldn't do that or, you know, you can't do it because you've autism, you know, anything's possible. So, uh, and my advice to parents is to, you know, relationship first and explore, get on the floor and explore with your child and you'll be able to find that gift that uniqueness that you can help grow
0: awesome well thank you so much for your time hey guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of the hacking autism podcast if you have made it this far i would love for you to connect with me on twitter the handle is i autism or you can find me on Instagram under Hacking Autism Podcast. I would love to talk with you, hear what you found to be most valuable because most of you are listening to this on Spotify, but you can also find me on YouTube as well. I want to fine tune this show. I want to tweak the questions that I ask to those that you would find helpful or valuable. So. I would love to connect with you on basically all of those social platforms. If you found this to be helpful, encouraging, informative, practical, consider sharing this with a friend, text it to them. You don't have to tweet it. You could screenshot your phone as you're listening to this episode, but consider passing it on. There's no higher praise that can be offered to any creative medium than the word of mouth and the powerful vehicle of being told by a friend, hey, you should check this out. Hey, this was super helpful. This changed my perspective on things. So anyways, just an ask. Uh, If you don't do it, you can keep listening in. And with that, we'll catch you guys next time.